You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to a special episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast. A podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. Today's episode is a special one because we are celebrating um, one year of podcasting. And this episode is the 73rd episode. So it's been yeah quite a while, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I have with me Ajit today for a change. So we are sitting in the same room next to each other, just like how it began one year ago. Um, and yeah, and it's such a momentous occasion. We are also recording this episode on New Year's Eve, 2019. Mm-hmm. And you can hear some firecrackers in the background. So, you know, it just adds to the occasion, I think. It's a wonderful feeling to be here, sitting next to you, Ajit. How do you feel? What do you think? Well, I mean, when we began, I had no clue that uh, we would be able to put out so many episodes in the first year. I think we were uh, conservatively targeting about 50 episodes in the first year. But because it was a World Cup year, we went on with so many episodes. Mm-hmm. Also, I think uh, the support that we've had from our listeners is very encouraging. So that gives us more impetus to keep going. Mm. What gives me a lot of pleasure is to sit nearly in the same place where this whole exercise started with me and you around the end of uh, 2018, if I'm not wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nearly uh, the same day and the next year, we are again together recording another episode. So it will always be a special thing for me. Mm-hmm. So I would like to say thank you as well to you. So, uh, you know, it's been a nice journey and we hope we can grow from strength to strength from here. Thank you as well. Thank you. Look forward to many more of these episodes and hopefully we get to, you know, enjoy cricket, uh, uh, observing the game as well as analyzing it together together with our listeners. And yeah, like you said, I think listeners uh, make a huge difference for us. Their continuous participation, like, you know, answering trivia questions, uh, giving us suggestions on how we can improve what we do. Um, So that really helps. So I would encourage and I would also like to thank our listeners again to keep you know coming back to us with uh, so much of their feedback and uh, do get uh, you know uh, uh, you know involve yourself a bit more spread the word about our podcast uh, help us grow and also you know uh, um, yeah enjoy you know the game of cricket um, so uh, do you think it's a good time to start talking a little bit about cricket now well <laughs> we'll do that uh, but uh, before that i would like to highlight that we have an association with the shared media podcasting channel Mm-hmm. So, we are uh, very lucky to be a part of this uh, channel and we would like to also encourage our listeners to come on the Shed Media Podcasting channel on, uh, I think, Spreaker, they have a separate channel. So, you are able to go there and listen to 15-16 podcasts that are affiliated with this channel. So, we would like to say thanks to Shed Media Podcast channel and also, you know, uh, encourage our listeners to come on this channel and listen in, listen not only to us, but also to other podcasts. Uh, there are mm-hmm. some very nice sporting podcasts, comedy podcasts that are on the Shed Media Podcasting channel. So please mm-hmm. do come uh, to the Shed Media Podcasting channel on Spreaker and to listen to that. Yeah, right? it's, it's a new platform. They're also growing and we are growing with them. So I uh, look forward to uh, a longer association with them as well. Indeed. So now I think uh, let's get on to the cricket, Giri. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, a lot of cricket has happened since the last episode, so we have quite a lot to talk. So I would say, uh, owing to the you know the festive atmosphere, let's not keep our listeners waiting too long. I would say let's keep it brief today. So first of all, let's go through the India versus West Indies uh, remainder uh, two ODIs. So 
they were the second odi in vizag and the third odi in katak as far as the result goes well india won both the odis comfortably must be said so rohit sharma and kl rahul put up a big score and india finished with a very strong 387 for 5 in vizag and then west indies even though they had a strong you know competition with uh, puran and hope making a good score they were unable to compete it and uh, kimo paul hit a bit at the end so that gave india a one all uh, equal in the series and then the last odi which was played you know at katak was the decider here again uh, west indies batted first and they scored 315 but india were able to chase this down this was an above par score thanks to a lot of contributions right down the top order but that were finished beautifully thanks to nicholas puran and uh, kiran pollard Mm. and 315 on that pitch was going to be a challenging score but uh, the indian top order made uh, short work of it the top 3 all coming up with big scores and then jadeja and thakur even though it was a bit of a nail biter towards the end maybe the indians did not plan this but they were able to you know sneak one in and mm. get the series 2-1 to india so very competitive west indian tour of india ends with a similar score line 2-1 in both t20s and odis and mm. You know, this is a good reflection of how far this West Indian team has come under Pollard because he is able to inject a certain amount of professionalism as well as a certain amount of, uh, let's say, never say die attitude. We were able to see that in the both in T20Is and ODIs. So, it actually gives a lot of, uh, let's say, Philip to West Indian fans all over the world, I'm sure, Giri. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I for one is very, I'm very happy, uh, especially looking at the younger crop of players. Mm-hmm. uh like shimron hetmeyer um and uh, shay hope of course and then the most impressive player in their squad currently uh, is of course nicholas puran mm-hmm. he can also keep a bit mm-hmm. um so he's growing into uh, uh i think with which age with time he will improve the yeah. mental aspect of it but he looks yeah, i think he looks very good nicholas puran is a special talent they need to nurture him mm-hmm. and uh, i think the west indies cricket board need to take care of their players uh, unlike you know what happened with the uh, with the 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 comeback kings like Kyron Pollard who have just Indeed. you know just made a comeback now it shouldn't happen to them they shouldn't lose a few years of their international cricket so i think it, it looks good co- for west indies and uh, come next year uh, the t20 world cup they're going to be a force to be reckoned with mm-hmm. and i have a you know i have a strong feeling that they will uh, be there in the top 4 they have a lot of good cricketers so i really look forward to uh, you know see them perform and uh, at least you know perform to their potential even 90% of their potential should be uh, good enough i think for them Indeed. yeah and indian team of course you know uh, the well oiled machine that keeps moving never mm-hmm. stops there are some hiccups here and there uh, there are some drop catches right in this limited over series both of them the fielding has been uh, was not up to s- standards but but i think it's it's working well uh with kohli in the help mm-hmm. um it shouldn't be a problem for them playing next year's t20 but uh anything can happen and uh, in in the the upcoming series they have against sri lanka another t20 series we hear that uh, bumrah is coming back oh uh, right yeah and probably also hardik pandya uh yes could be well, yeah. i'm not sure about pandya but uh, for sure bumrah has been selected yeah so he's making a comeback so it only goes from strength to strength mm-hmm. um so yeah let's see what happens afterwards yeah well i mean before i forget it you know nicholas puran mm-hmm. had actually broken both his legs in a auto accident when he was much younger that that was after he had started his cricketing career he suffered this accident lost a whole year of his life to recovering from this accident wow 
for a player who's come back from so much personal tragedy perform the way he is today he must be really proud of what he has achieved mm. and as you say we really hope you know that talent that he has shown so far is nurtured and he goes from strength to strength right yeah. and as you say he's an all-round cricketer he can keep yeah. so it's always very good you know as they say what doesn't kill you makes you strong right so Indeed. it's probably a very good example of that well yeah. i mean uh, i'll park that on the side i have some objections to that but we'll get to it yeah. so uh, in any case um when it comes to the indian team i think a little bit of credit should be given to kohli and the management you know we all talk a little um, lightheartedly when it comes to ravi shastri and his management style <laughs> there are all these uh, <laughs> famous memes and jokes that we hear but that that partnership is working fine at that mm. helm of the indian men's cricket team kohli and shastri mm. so they must be given a bit of credit but this team is also now maturing enough so the way they won the last odi was a fantastic example of that jadeja and shardul thakur were able to rescue the team when i won't say rescue but you could say you know it was one of those close matches that india lost in the semi final mm. so this team is moving on and well, <laughs> they are going to chase uh, a world uh, trophy for sure it's an obsession shastri says so we are hoping you know they're able to move on but you know stay calm and stay in the moment and they have enough skills and training behind them to yeah. take them to the trophy so yeah it it reminds me of when you said you know the last match that india won against west indies while mm-hmm. chasing mm-hmm. it reminds me of the indian team of the 90s mm-hmm. or the late 80s right. uh, when we were growing up uh-huh. uh when india was in in a similar situation against other teams while chasing india would easily lose back then mm-hmm. right now it doesn't happen anymore no. so india is such a good side chasing uh so yeah see how they've how far they've come in the last 20 25 years so right. it's amazing and it's uh, yeah a tribute to uh especially the mindset that uh, kohli brings with Agreed. him yeah Agreed. so yeah. yes so we really do hope they go from strength to strength as well in the upcoming years when there are uh, multiple world cups coming in the next 3 4 years so right so um now if we were to look at the test match section so basically we've had three tests in the interim so first one was the pakistan versus sri lanka test the second test in karachi we know the first one in uh, uh, pindi mm. was actually a draw but then uh, this one again uh pakistan did a fantastic uh, job after being uh, behind behind the eight ball so to say at the end of the first innings so they batted first and they were uh, only able to make 191 with 50s from uh, babar azam and asad shafiq but um they were able to first of all restrict sri lanka to 271 with which still meant you know a sizable lead and uh, in a subcontinent match it can mean a lot 80 run lead in the leading into the second innings but pakistan then went on to do something very unique it has only been done twice in international mm-hmm. cricket that top four batsmen in a test match innings have all scored hundreds so the other time this happened was in bangladesh versus india in 2017 so it's a very unique achievement but what it gave was a complete command of the test match for pakistan and that meant you know chasing 476 sri lanka had a really uphill task and they lost this match comfortably mm-hmm. so from at the end of second day where there was a chance pakistan might lose this test series to completely turning it around over the next two days and winning it and basically getting their belief back in themselves they have done a fantastic job so you know congrats to pakistan team also now that they have cricket back at home it's always good to be back with a winning feeling so they are able to win the series as far as sri lanka are concerned well they also have a few uh, you know positives from the store um, the way oshada fernando played he mm. seems to be a long term prospect at the top of the order maybe opening slot maybe one down right and then you have uh, chandimal who came back scored a 50 uh matthews could not play much of a role you have dhananjay de silva who seems to be maturing a little he scored 100 in the first test 
Mm. Also the lineup, the fast bowling lineup. Kumara, especially. Yes, exactly. Kumara uh, did a good job at least in patches. I think he needs to grow into it. He's only 21. Then you have uh, Vishwa Fernando, the left-arm medium uh, fast mm. bowler. Chamindavas type, yeah. Chamindavas type, exactly. Yeah. That was what I was going to also bring up. So this guy seems to be doing... You know, he seems to be a prospect uh, for the future. With, you know, they did not have Pradeep or um, the other fast bowler. Suranga Lakmal. Suranga Lakmal. So, without either of them, this attack is able to still stand up and compete, you know, toe-to-toe with Pakistan playing at home. Mm. So, that was very, very encouraging as far as Sri Lanka was concerned. Mm-hmm. And for for Pakistan, you know, uh, you you have Babar Azam now you know, truly fulfilling his potential in all the three formats. Mm. He was sort of a little lagging behind in tests, but now that maturity is coming through. And we really hope, you know, he's able to take it to the next level. We really wish yeah. that the next year... I'm sure he will. I'm pretty yeah. sure he will. He has the talent. He's special. Yeah, he yeah. really... He really is special. I've watched special. some of his shots. Mm-hmm. Amazing cover drives. Off the back foot, you know. It's fantastic. Even in Australia, that uh, century he made against Australia. Exactly. That should have been two centuries. It was a 90 and 100. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, that was a positive. Then, of course, Azhar Ali re- rediscovering his form, scoring 100. Right? Mm. And then, the top order bedding down. So Especially Abid Ali. Exactly. Yeah. Now, there are so many things said about him. Why are you selecting a person in his 30s? Why are you giving him a debut? He's earned it. We've seen other examples, right? We had Mike Asi who started yeah. late. Many other players like that. So, if, if he has earned his chance after all the you know waiting and all the hard work, he's completely converted it, scored 200 here. Mm. And uh, rightly, the man of the series, right? Yeah. So, you know, it, it helps having no beard, clean shaven face. Yeah. <laughs> all right. He's all the right. only guy in the top five, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> nah, just kidding. But I think he's. Azhar Ali is clean shaven. No, he has a beard these days. Interesting. Interesting. Also, Babar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it called? Is it is, is the carpet? What's it called? George Michael type. Sure, the, whatever, 7 o'clock shadow or whatever. Okay, whatever it is. What yeah. reminds me, well, I look at Babar, I can't get past the unibrow, but we'll talk about it another day. <laughs> but uh, apart from facial hair, I mean, they have so much more uh, postures. Yeah. So, Asad Shafiq needs to maybe stand mm-hmm. up as well and Azhar Ali need to continue with his good form. And when it comes to fast bowling, so Nazim Shah has shown he took a 5-4 in the second test, in the decisive mm-hmm. innings. So, mm-hmm. he's shown he's ready for the... Next level, he's ready for the international cricket. So, there's a bit of tug of war going on between the under-90 team and the international team apparently in mm-hmm. Pakistan as to whether Naseem Shah should go to the under-19 World Cup. That's an interesting decision for them to make. But he's shown that he's he can belong at the top level. He has pace and with some control and maturity that comes with age, he'll be a real good factor to reckon with. He We, we can see him support Pakistan's team or carry the shoulder, the load that you know, the fast bowling load for a decade, if not more, right? What about this guy, Musa? Mohamed Musa, is, he was looking a bit wrong. I think he played one test in Australia. Yeah. There's, a bit, there's a bit more to... There's definitely pace. Yeah. But he was not immediately able to identify the lengths or even after into his second or third spell, he was probably not able to identify the lengths. But that will come as well, mm. right? So, you have Shahin Shafridi who's maturing nicely. Oh, yeah. And you have... Uh, also, I think Mohamed Abbas, you need, a, you know, the... If you see, uh, if you remember the movie Ben-Hur, mm-hmm. uh, the chariot race in which he always says the fillies should be at the edges and in the center should be the steeds because mm-hmm. for control, mm-hmm. the fillies are able to control the char- chariot much better. Mm-hmm. So, you can never discount uh, Muhammad Abbas when it comes to control mm-hmm. and his control gives the expression to the bowlers on the other end, the faster men who are coming. So, it always helps. So, mm-hmm. the one sore point for me in the series with the ball, as far as Pakistan was concerned, was Yasir Shah. Mm. I think there is something wrong. Either it's a confidence issue. 
he seems to be bowling with the same action i see but the ball seems to be landing much shorter i don't know how to think of it because it can sometimes you know you get the yips as a leggy they say it's very much in your head it's a confidence thing so i don't think he's feeling comfortable or he's not feeling confident so this must be rectified this is a match winning bowler for pakistan in all conditions and he has 200 plus test wickets and you know he's not getting any younger as well so it's time he turned that ship around a little because with this guy clicking and bowling as well as he can mm-hmm. and with three really good fast bowlers take shaheen shah afridi take mohammad abbas add a nasim shah or a um imran khan or a musa or imran or... khan or a musa or the guy who bowled in the first test the fast bowler left arm fast bowler who was in the first left arm fast bowler yeah so they gave a debut he was he played many one dayers and he also played bbl previously so he was given debut so take any other fast bowler in that lineup and that will be a lethal pace that will be a lethal attack if they have a fully functioning yasir shah so this is something they'll be very keen to fix right but isn't uh, musa khamad their uh, spin coach now or is it somebody I else so. i think so i've not i've not paid attention to who's their spin coach yeah, but with Mush- if it's mushtaq ahmed i'm then sure he has enough to, yeah 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 it'll be turned around then yeah. so it's a matter of time let's say that yashir shah is a consultant i think anyway yeah discovers his mojo again right yeah and you have vakar unis who's the yeah. fast bowling coach by the way yeah. so that's a fantastic team to you know pull anybody out of uh, bog so it'll be fine let's really hope you know yashir shah comes through so this was a good you know good test match to witness and uh, as a test match fan it was fantastic to see pakistan come back yeah. moving on the australian is an interest bit, bit one sided it was too early for me uh, <laughs> too late maybe oh uh, no for me it's too early anyway uh, anyway um yeah it was one sided i think in the end it i i, I had expected a bit more from uh, mm-hmm. new zealand yeah. especially after the uh, day nighter which they lost yeah um, i had expected a bit more but Yeah, I don't know what's happening with New Zealand team. I think their bowling seems okay, but their batting is not clicking at the moment. Exactly. Kane Williamson is not firing. I think when he doesn't then yeah, no, Rostel also had Rostel, a bad yeah. match. Mm-hmm. What happened is I don't know. I mean, they were getting a chance to play at MCG Boxing Day test for the first time since 1987. You would expect that was a very tight, very tense draw. Mm-hmm. That Australia were able to escape with the draw. I don't know if you've read this article. Mike Whitney who was the last the man who faced the last over from Hadley and kept an over out of Hadley he was the mm-hmm. 11th man in that game mm-hmm. for australia mm-hmm. and he drew the game by keeping six balls of hadley out i think they batted the last three overs out the last pair so it was a very tense test the last time these two teams met in 1987 with such a history behind them and an entire generation of cricketers completely missing out mm-hmm. if not two generations right you would expect that something special would happen from new zealand in that test match unfortunately australia were too strong for them So you know if you were to look at the scores quickly Australia batted first it was very much similar to the first test where New Zealand bowlers always kept control but Australia would not give their wickets away cheaply so in the first test they made 416 i think in this case they made 467 so it's a much better score so Travis had made 100 and a lot of solid contributions from the middle order so uh, Labuschagne made 63 Smith 85 Wade 38 and Tim Payne the skipper finally you know he needed a big score so he made 79 Mm-hmm. So that meant you know 467 even though they took a comfortable 155 overs over it that was not bad. Mm-hmm. So once you scored 467 on such a deck it's very highly unlikely you're going to lose the test. So the onus was with New Zealand to bat well but unfortunately again their top order completely let them down in the first test first innings at least because mm-hmm. um, Latham made 50 there mm-hmm. was nobody supporting him and you know facing a target of or facing a deficit of 467 they were 6 for 97. in the first innings and there was no comeback from that there were no miracles no watling uh, santner grandholm nope. grand finish nothing nothing so 
they just subsided to 148, right? That meant the test match was pretty much in Australia's hands. Surprisingly, even though they led by 320 runs approximately, Australia decided to not enforce the follow-on. They batted again. Again, the bowlers did a good job. They did a fairly decent holding job. They took wickets when possible. Mm. Australia had to bat, you mm. know, 55 overs almost to make uh, 168 and lost five wickets in the process. But that was nothing. That is, that was just giving time for their own bowlers to recover. It looks like because that left exactly. enough time, right? So or to wear down the New Zealand bowlers. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm. Pretty much. So again, in the second innings, well, something special happened. Mm. Tom Blundell, who was debuting for New Zealand, mm-hmm. made a hundred. His 121 is the highest score by a New Zealander in MCG tests. Before this, um, um, who was the ex-Indian coach uh, who also opened John for Wright. Huh? John Wright. John Wright had a 90s. Had a, had a score in 90s in 1987 mm. in that test. So, this is the highest score by, by a New Zealander. So, that's a good thing. Again, the much-wanted top order, Williamson lost a single digits. So, you know, in fact, Williamson even made a duck. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, the middle order did their bit a little. But then, they were not going to hold uh, an attack comprising of, you know, Stark, Cummins, Pattinson and Lyon out. Lyon always shines through in the second innings. He's really special now. I mean, I was looking at uh, the numbers between Lyon and uh, Ashwin. Lyon is younger and he has overtaken Ashwin in terms of wickets. He has played more tests for sure. Mm-hmm. So, he's overtaken comfortably Ashwin with the number of wickets and he's a little younger than Ashwin. So, I really see... You know, after Murli Dharan, Lyon might become the first player to cross the 500 wicket mark. Mm-hmm. He's really good. I've always, always observed how he operates. He does the perfect spinner's job, doing a containing job in the first innings, first two days, three days. In the fourth and the fifth day, he comes to, comes into his own. And look, he took a 4-4 here as well. Mm-hmm. So, irrespective of the conditions, irrespective of the pitch, irrespective of which continent he's playing on, he's that good a bowler. I would really love to see Ashwin also do this. Ashwin is doing it. And I really hope Ashwin's career also extends because he's an off-spin bowler and they can bowl into 36-38. So, so we really hope these two sort of finish neck-to-neck and both of them cross 500. Right? Mm-hmm. So, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting, uh, let's say, whenever Lyon plays in the Australian eleven, that much special, how special he is. For mm-hmm. example, in the, in the let's say, uh, end uh, times at the end of the the Boxing Day test, Juan suggested that Swepson, Mitchell Swepson has mm, been called mm, into the squad, mm. the leggy. Yeah. And he suggested maybe Lion can be rested. And yeah. Lion shot it out of the water saying, no, I want to play. Yeah. So, it, it was very interesting. So, it was a very yes, interesting. How many times did Shane Vaughan and uh, Stuart McGill play together? They did, I think, uh, tens of tests. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. Together. They have played okay. tens of tests. And it's always shown in those tests, McGill was more uh, effective than Warren. But that's an argument or a discussion <laughs> for another day. Yeah. So, I would always say it was Warren's parsimony on one end that gave McGill his wickets on the other. But <laughs> we don't know, right? Nah. So, all in all, it was a bit of a disappointing test. And it always counts. These are points that are counting and New Zealand are losing out on that as well, right? And now there's a third test coming, which starts next week. So, we really hope they come back fighting and maybe take the... It's a dead rubber, but it's still the points count there. They don't want to lose their series 3-0 or something. So, 120 points, so which means... Yeah, they've already lost... Uh, how many points? 90 points now? Mm-hmm. Right? And 90 or no? Yeah, it's 240 points per series, right? Three test yeah. match series. 80, 80, 80 points. 80. So, yeah. so, they can still get 40 points. Exactly. Right? So, oh, sorry, 80 if they win it. So... Yeah, there's only 128, 120 points on offer in a ah. test series. 120? Yeah. Ah, okay. So, which means you have three tests here so and then 40. you break it down into 40 each. Okay. 
so they can still get 40 points so just like england did even though they couldn't win the ashes mm. and mm. australia retained the ashes mm. they still won the last two matches so it was yeah 120 divided by 5 and then whatever so sure. something like that sure. so there was split so owners were split okay all right so going forward the last test match uh, which was also a boxing day test was south africa england Mm. This was a really good encounter. So it was not one-sided. It swung both ways all the time until South Africa finally rested control. So in this case South Africa batted first and they scored 284 which was sort of a middling sort of a score and they were dragged there thanks to Quinton de Kock's 95 and a lot of lower order contributions. So uh, Pretorius made 33. Pretorius was debuting by the way. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Pretorius and Philander made 35. Philander has said that he's going to retire at the end of the series. Contests, yeah, yeah. and he's going to pick up a call pack agreement with all the paper of falling in place. Right? <laughs> he's going to put himself out of his own misery. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's good, man. Come on, he's really good. Right, let's so, let's let's go on with the scores. Yeah. So in this case, um, that meant you know two eighty four, sort of middling score. They did not cross three hundred fifty to put it on one side, but there was enough chance. England batted reasonably well. They looked comfortable in parts. Delhi made a fifty. but then you know there were a bunch of 20s and 30s nobody went on to make that 95 score that quinton de kock mm, made mm. so they were only able to make 181 there uh, there then the you know the match sort of turned south africa's way because south africa were able to bat very you know very um, judiciously they got to 272 and in this case again there were uh, good middle order contributions uh, Hen- henrik van der dusen was also debuting made a 50 henrik norke who was sent up as a night watchman made a very enterprising 40 and then quinton de kock 34 and then philander made 46 so mm. philander showing off some all round skills which is always good yeah. so you know that meant a target of 375 was not you know on paper it looks very tough in a test match but there were five sessions left with england and at the end of the fourth day they at the end of the third day they were able to give a give enough of a glimpse that you know this thing could still be swung in england so they again came up in the expectations mm. there so 121 for 1 at the end of third day chasing 375 this now looks very tantalizing with all the best batsmen to come so they took uh, the opener burns made 84 and then jordan lee made 31 sibley also made 29 but then only jorut played after that number 4 at number 4 jorut made 48 and nobody else played so mm. this i would like to give us a lot of credit to kagiso rabada who was very costly they attacked they went after kagiso rabada by the way here again the same thing comes even though vernon flander took four wickets in the first innings he couldn't take any wickets in the second but his 20 overs only went for 35 runs that's a lot of control you get so as a result uh, i think um, they were able to force in a very test match like situation they were able to force the errors from the opposition and they were able to get through mm. and heinrich norkier took three wickets in the second innings as well and you know to add to the two he took in the first inning so that was very well uh, executed by south africans in a much needed victory as far as they were concerned mm-hmm. they were in a five match slump test match defeat uh, slump so they were able to pull themselves out of it so i think you you watched a few interesting spells from philander giri i think in the first innings i remember his figures one stood seven overs six maidens one run and two wickets good god that was uh, in the first two spells i think probably in the first and the second session. Mm-hmm. In the second innings he looked a bit lackluster mm-hmm. and I heard Michael Holding say on the commentary that Vernon Philander was deliberately trying to swing the ball early on in his action and ah. not let it swing in the last third as they say. Not he was trying he, the ball was swinging in the first third as well. Ah. Already so the batsman especially Joe Root ah. could see what was uh, happening it was whether it was a an outswinger or an inswinger and then play accordingly. Mm. and philander 
yeah he is such a good bowler it's going to be a big loss for the south african pace battery mm, mm. Uh, when he retires at the end of the series but he just showed you what he is capable of especially with the ball and the bat yeah for sure but look yeah. i mean if he's 35 yeah but he has not played a lot yeah. no but sometimes it's not about what do they say uh how 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 long it lasts but how nice it lasts right there's a yeah. nicer way of putting it it doesn't mm. come to me now but um in this case even the famous quartet mm-hmm. you know, michael holding mm-hmm. croft garner and mm-hmm. uh, you know those guys marshall marshall may have played 80 or tests the rest of all have played only 50s and 60 tests mm-hmm. if you look at it he's played 60 tests yeah but this guy is not a tear away fast bowler no but in his case mm-hmm. he keeps breaking down yeah. if you look at him chase a ball to the boundary he's escorting it to the boundary he's yeah. like me and he has grown a paunch now i think he's, he's think not his fat is now but he doesn't look very fit he's only bowling fit but not ah he's See, he's not a modern athlete fit. He has a punch. He always had a punch. And I think most of his engine power comes from there. You can't joke about it. But um, that apart, um, his, his run is course. And if he's now looking to secure his future, mm. the same for Morne Markle, the same for this guy, you can never blame them. Even for those that, didn't, uh, that may have turned their back on the South African contracts earlier in their career, I would never hold it against them because the money they make, the security they get is mm. something they can mm. always look forward to. Right? And he's served South Africa for a decade or more. Mm. That should be given to him, mm. I would say. Right? But looking at the rest of the attack, you have Heinrich Norke who looks like a Stein, bowls like a Stein and apparently curses and celebrates like a Stein as well. He has that, uh, what do you call it, the um, grass mower celebration mm. or whatever. Uh, that thing no no i don't think so i, I don't stein was something else no, of course okay stein was once in a generation bowler if not once in a no not just bowling wise but also in terms of aggression but anrik norka is a very good bouncer yes yeah. and he bowls 150 plus so come on yeah. so philander may be walking away from this 11 or the south african squad but he seems to have left it in reasonably good hands yeah you know okay. because you have lungiengid is still unfit huh? he's there he's around the squad then uh, you have also pretorius who sort of you know can fit in as a all rounder what you said like a fielder he doesn't uh, yeah. give the kind and of and then there's the all rounder vian mulder vian mulder he's yeah. very young he's, he's very 22 young. 23 something like okay. that so there's people coming in also i think uh, there was a left hand siburan hendrix no sipamla sipamla yeah he's faster than lungengidi and yeah. he's left arm is he okay. yes okay so that's fantastic so you know there are people coming through Yeah. Uh, I think Buran Hendricks is left-handed. Sipamla might be right-handed. Right-handed, yeah. But what I'm trying to say is the stocks look decent. Yeah. You know, he might walk away and he deserves to walk away if, if he chooses. But yeah. all in all, you know, another very encouraging test as far as South Africa are concerned. Yeah, yeah. But one other point I wanted to mention is mm. there is uh, some bug that's been, uh, you know, moving around in the uh, England dressing room apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the beginning of this match or just before the uh, the match started, I think Joe Fraser and Stuart Broad they were not feeling well and then during the match I heard that uh, Joe Root as well as uh, the keeper Butler they were both unwell I think some sort of a stomach bug or some sort of a flu yeah. the spinner Jack Leach was throughout from the beginning of the practice matches all the way to the end of the first test he was confirmed to his st- confined to his hotel room mm-hmm. I don't know what sort of a bug this is but some sort of a gastrointestinal bug is what I yeah understand yeah. and it seems to be running through the not only the players the support staff also suffered okay okay during the first test apparently so silverwood the collingwood all of these people also could it have played its part then this uh, for sure yeah for so sure they did but you know considering how unwell they were also maybe you have a good point there so yeah. they were able to come out and still fight 
Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It just goes down as a line in some report somebody's report that you know these guys had the flu and they were struggling but Jofra Archer was targeted but he was able to come out and take a 5-4. Mm. They actually went after him. He bled more than six and over in the second innings, mm. but it didn't matter. He never stopped fighting. Mm. Stuart Broad showed his control. Anderson Anderson had a good comeback. He took the wicket of the very first ball of the test, right when he bowled. Yeah. So these are still fine. I mean, Anderson and Broad. I don't know how long they'll go together. At least Anderson, we expect, will go sooner than Broad. Yeah, England look okay. But they've played one fifteen test matches, three hundred matches between them. Almost. Almost. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> that's completely unheard of anyway yeah. Uh, but w- yeah so they have their mm-hmm. next match uh, when is that starting next week i think right or is that still this week no nah, it'll it's going to remember. start uh, in the coming newlands right yeah, newlands. so it's going to be a fun match especially yeah. because it's vernon philander's uh, home ground home ground indeed and indeed. he always does well in that ground so it's a mamba it's a green mamba they yeah. go <laughs> on the pitch right <laughs> yeah so yeah, it's going so to be good it's yeah. probably a short and one but it's going to be a lot of fun so yeah. you can't take your eyes off it yeah so Yeah. Now moving on, if you were to look at some of the other news, so Ben Stokes was crowned the Sports Personality of the Year, 2019, and he was also awarded an MBE in mm-hmm. the New Year's Honors List mm-hmm. for his uh, role in the World Cup as well as in the Ashes. So mm-hmm. uh, let's say his rehabilitation is complete. The folk hero that uh, England was there ever a question? Yeah, after the <laughs> no, just kidding. After some punch-up and stuff, some things were yeah, said yeah, and done. Yeah. But you know, he's back. He's back uh, as he deserved. Perhaps he needed that phase or episode in his life. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that probably gave him some perspective and some yeah. maturity. Right. Then you have, you know, Elisa Perry, who's now probably the probably the most accomplished cricketer across the entire planet, and she's for the second time been crowned as the ICC Women's Cricketer of the Year. Mm. Very special player, and we really hope, you know, very special all-round sportsman we hear. Yeah, fast bowling all-rounder. Indeed. Yeah. So we really hope she goes from strength to strength from here. Uh, yeah, I mean. as per, as far as rumors go of every change in uh, south african uh, you know bureaucracy or coaches abd villiers is now being again spoken to whether he can play for south africa at least in the world cup 2020 mm-hmm. so we'll have to see how that goes so boucher and the skipper duplessis both have confirmed that they are in touch with him so we'll see how that goes uh, speaking of south africa um, davids uh, led the pal rocks to the msl 2019 title this was again faf duplessis team he was leading them so mm. it's also a short in arm for him before the test this happened just before the first test so mm. they were all probably in the right speaking of mazansi uh, super league exactly i saw some highlights the other day uh-huh. and there was a sm- short snippet of uh, tabrez shamsi uh-huh. did you see his new trick not the shoe uh, but so the real trick he did a magic, magic trick. trick yeah he converted a uh, this thing a red uh, scarf to a stick red right? magic yeah. stick i saw it, I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> so he's uh, bringing new stuff now Uh, to his uh, celebration yeah, but anyway always why not but wasn't uh, uh, what's this guy man leg break bowler the old imran uh, tahir yeah was he wasn't he part of this winning team uh, no 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 i think he was in the opposition he was in one of the other teams okay. i don't think he even uh, qualified so okay i'm not uh, i mean i didn't follow it uh, so closely but well done to uh, faf to fl- yeah. to plus his team yeah indeed moving on bcci under a certain mr ganguly seems to now have embraced the four team odi tournament from 2023 that they were opposing mm. so initially they said it will toy with our uh, future source program we made all this plan blah 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 now mm. suddenly they're saying between them australia and england they have made a plan to have a yearly odi super series with an invited fourth team so this is the top 3 showing their clout again yeah elite club yeah yeah so it comes as a bit of a surprise from 2021 they want to already start playing it so we'll see how this shapes up but reeks a little bit of cronyism but yeah. uh, let's see 
let's see How just like the the rugby uh, thing they do super sixes isn't that called the super six yeah <laughs> just like that yeah. yeah this was the icc wanted to table an event where four teams played it and these guys seem to have taken yeah. they did for themselves so to say six saying, nations yeah six yeah. nations so it will be four, four nations, nations. <laughs> whatever super series so yeah. let's see how that goes it's yeah. it might it sounds like in my own mind like a throwback to how um, australia used to have these three team one day tournaments mm. that lasted two months mentioned just those sort of yeah. what i would like to see if possible there would be three teams mm. and occasionally these benson and just had matches going on with a test match sandwiched in between and so on mm-hmm. i would like to see if they are able to with three teams in the same country or four teams you know mm. uh, maybe they can just go away play a couple of test matches amongst each other mm. because there are two teams four teams so there can be two test matches held mm. and then you continue with the one day tournament then you know the test match so mix things me, up a bit yeah yeah mm. the test match fan in me would be very happy but we'll see if how that goes and then um yeah in a little bit of a unfortunate uh, development uh, bangladesh pakistan tour hangs by a thread it looks like mm-hmm. because um you know what was proposed was they had a odi uh, sorry a t20 tour which was augmented by a test tour so first they said we'll only come play the t20 by they i mean the bangladesh cricket board they said we'll only come play the t20 pakistan cricket board rightfully asked if you can come play the t20 why not play the tests then now they are sort of dithering they probably don't want to even come play the t20s now so mm. it's sort of hanging by a thread it's supposed to all kick off in like 10 days time i don't know how it's going to go mm. but sounds a bit weird but then you know each team has to make its own decision as to when it's ready to tour pakistan and whether they feel comfortable so the um let's say the reason given by the bangladesh cricket board was that they found um mm-hmm. the sort of uh, you know the claustrophobic atmosphere which they would be subjected to no freedom no chance to go out of the hotel whenever you want always under protection a cordon of protection and those things they probably felt it was a bit too much to deal with i don't know what to think of it kiri on the back of what happened in new zealand remember that they went through some tough yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, period there exactly. so i think they they may have a point but it it's down to them anyway so no but that's a good point that you brought up because they did suffer a little bit of a trauma when they toured new zealand so maybe it might be fresh in their minds so mm-hmm. we'll see how it develops uh among other things so in the new year new year honors list queens new year honors list a certain clive lloyd has been knighted finally yeah yeah mm-hmm. i was very surprised that it took so long okay but he's finally been recognized for his services to cricket so it's a very well deserved accolade mm-hmm. for such a giant of the game yeah literally and, um, yeah 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 literally and somebody who won two world cups it was silly to not knight him mm. i don't know what are the extenuating circumstances that prevented him being knighted so far i would have expected he would be knighted in the 90s or something <laughs> but that's me i don't know if he cared cared about it anyway no he's been a long term resident of england he's been living in england since he started almost no my point was uh, i don't know whether he actually cared about getting a knighthood or whatever so and may might be he was a too bit too much of an anti establishment man no mm-hmm. it could be okay. so we don't know but yeah congrats to sir clive lloyd mm-hmm. right and then um peter seal the australian paceman has decided to hang up his international boots mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. a journeyman and a thoroughly you know a thoroughly committed team man they say all mm-hmm. his ex teammates talk only positive about him mm-hmm. so it's very nice to see you know old school cricketer again mm-hmm. 60 odd tests 220 odd wickets 260 workhorse real workhorse work yeah. exactly one of work those people who uh, survived on bananas oh, basically towards the end of his career yes yeah, yeah. of course a vegan as well. a vegan yeah a vegan yeah. so again uh, and a shining light to all those who think you know playing cricket in a 
with a different diet is still possible him virat kohli so it's very nice to see and we wish him all the best going uh, ahead with his uh, career and mm-hmm. rest of his life mm-hmm. right? and of course central punjab uh, the team from pakistan the first class team from pakistan has won the qaida azam trophy so congrats to them as well mm-hmm. and of course um, you know in the last sort of news that i want to bring up in this section icc is now considering mandatory four day tests from 2023 mandatory yeah and mm-hmm. players are completely against it yeah. so but we'll see how the die falls it's still very early to speculate about it just thought you know we'll bring it up yeah we'll talk about it another in another episode because i have come. some points there interesting and we'll we'll talk yeah. interesting so now let's quickly move on to the trivia section mm-hmm. so the trivia question from the previous episode was when was the first ever ranji trophy game played who were the participants and there is a very dubious or a ignominious record that still stands from that game so what is that record The first ever Ranji Trophy game was played between Madras Presidency and Mysore Kingdom mm-hmm. in uh, 1934. It started and ended on November 4th. That's the ignominy. Mm-hmm. So it is the only first class match in India to have finished in a day. So all four innings were played, played on the day. same day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a terrible score. I mean, I don't even want to go to it. So <laughs> there were a couple of double digit scores. Not okay. There were three double digit scores. So anyway, at the end, Tamil Nadu uh, or Madras Presidency, as it was called, then won this uh, match. Mm-hmm. and then going on to the trivia question of this episode so we know abid ali achieved something really special right mm-hmm. he scored a one day and a test match debut 100 so that's a really unique achievement maybe he gets a chance to play t20s and who knows even he does that but is he the first cricketer to have done this that's the question is there another cricketer who seemed to have achieved this feat right you have to think a little parallelly for this and this question was given to us or the idea for this question came from nakul pande from gorilla cricket podcast so we would like to say thanks to him right so this this brings to the end the, let's say the normal service as far as this podcast is concerned but yeah. giri yeah um on this special occasion celebrating our first anniversary um we have some uh, uh, we would like to express some gratitude to a few people um who you know who have been participating in our episodes uh, contributing uh, in one way or the other to name a few uh, we would like to thank edges and sledges podcast uh, dj and varun thank you both uh, for joining us on a few episodes there uh, we would also like to uh, thank alok prasanna kumar from cricket kannadiga podcast we would also like to thank uh, arham and uh, abdullah from down the ground uh, podcast Uh, passionate pakistani cricket fans thank you guys um we would also like to thank uh, nakul pande and tasneem from gerila cricket um adam and rick from cricketers new zealand thank you guys and uh, aditya from uh, fourth seat podcast and jonathan from wrong end of the stick podcast and uh, james from the full toss blog thank you guys we also have a few other friends uh who made some contribution to a few episodes like karna chetan uh malhar sarthak and of course yogesh who also um you know very actively participated in answer- answering our uh, trivia questions quite regularly to be honest so thank you guys very much um a special note of thanks as well to gerila cricket who have been supporting us who have also been uh, you know uh making our podcast popular also gerilla cricket south africa in particular who played a few of our episodes during innings break or lunch break and those kinds of things during the south africa series thank you guys well um, 
I would like to say a thanks also to our families. You know, of course, yeah, I forgot. Sorry, <laughs> putting up with this, uh, you know, this obsession we have and turning into turning it into a podcast. Uh, the support and the understanding they've shown is tremendous for us, mm-hmm. and we would like to say thanks to our families. Uh, and last but not the least, of course, the fans who follow the podcast and give us this Philip every time we sit in front of a mic to talk. We always think of you guys, and it always gives us a lot of pleasure to interact about our favorite game. You know, with other like-minded people out there. So we really hope you know. you continue listening to us maybe give us a philip you know let one of your cricket friends know that you have this podcast that you can also uh, listen to so thanks a lot to all of you and we will we hope you know we continue delivering and we are able to make a better uh, effort of it in the upcoming year so having said all that we would like to you know close the podcast by wishing all our uh, listeners a happy new year and a prosperous one year 2020 kiri Happy New Year to everyone! Best wishes from us, and uh, look forward to uh, talking to you again in one of our episodes in the new year. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, take care, everyone. All right, it's a goodbye from me, and it's a goodbye from him. Bye bye. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast.